Welcome to the Done on Sunday podcast, a self-improvement podcast that's all about making your Sundays count. I'm your host, Tiffany Lewis, founder of Propel Virtual Solutions, a digital marketing company, home of the coffee shop, and Taylor and Jesse, a stationery company. In this show, we dive into a mix of topics that matter from entrepreneurship and relationships to self-care and all the latest pop culture trends. Think of this as your weekly chat with your BFF, who's got your back on your journey to self-improvement. So grab your favorite beverage, relax, and get ready to make the most of your Sundays with Done on Sunday. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Done on Sunday. Today's episode is sort of a hodgepodge of ask me anything questions, and y'all, these are so good. And I don't want to delay you for a long time, so let's get started and get into the first question. So the other day, one of my daughters came into the kitchen and asked why I hadn't started cooking dinner. And I said, I can't cook in a dirty kitchen, girl. Now, my family knows this about me as it's been a thing for several years. And it's not that the kitchen is necessarily dirty. It's just the dishes in the sink and the unwiped counters make me feel completely stuck. It's near impossible for me to cook or even make a sandwich if the kitchen is in disarray with dirty dishes and unwiped counters. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, (laughs) Tiffany, I've cooked in a way messier situation and I think you're being a little bougie about this. But I promise you, I am not being extra at all. This is such a real thing. And yes, I Googled it. (laughs) And let me tell you, when I Googled this thing, like, I don't even, what did I put into the Google search? I think I put, tell me the issue with cooking in a dirty kitchen. A whole lot of things came up, but I finally stumbled upon this uh, Reddit um, thread and I went down a massive Reddit rabbit hole, okay? I found hundreds of people who feel the exact same way as I do. And when I dug a little deeper and fished around Google a little bit more, I found that this need to have a clean and orderly kitchen prior to cooking can be connected to mental health issues. And I've shared here before that I have struggled with mental health issues for years. So answering that question and reading all of this information about this this being a huge thing for lots of people, it got me thinking about where else does this phenomenon play out in my life? Like what are the areas do I get stuck on or where else in my life do I find that I often get stuck due to it being messy or dirty and not necessarily like physically messy or dirty, but also just, um, you know, the con- conceptually messy or dirty, right? And so it turns out that getting stuck as a result of mess or dirt has kind of been the story of my life. Um, and I think that's, I don't know, a little bit sad to say, but you probably can relate. Anyway, the other day I had a revelation of what this feeling of allowing my circumstances to keep me stuck really is. And I was able to put a name on it. And honestly, it's just procrastination. 
And so I've been allowing these moments where I hit roadblocks or I get frustrated, hence the the messy, dirty areas, to fuel my procrastination and keep me stuck. And this plays out in both my businesses and in my personal life. And to be honest, over time, you know, dealing with this over time for many years, it's just been quite a debilitating cycle. So this year, after I had this whole revelation, I just decided to completely surrender this thing to God so that I can finally be free. I am tired of going through this cycle of allowing my circumstances when things get frustrating or difficult to just keep me stuck and living in this loop of procrastination, like knowing what I need to do, starting it, it getting difficult or hitting some roadblocks not finishing it and then beating myself up because I didn't do the thing that I set out to do in the first place. And so it's just a constant cycle and it really feels good for me to finally like say that out loud that I'm surrendering this thing to God and finally making a choice to be free because now I get to live in that truth. So you guys can hold me accountable to that um, this year, but it does feel really good to say that. So you know, even though I am committing to that, uh, you know, getting unstuck and getting off the procrastination hamster wheel, I am not committing. I'm not saying that I'm committing to cooking in a dirty kitchen. I don't think I'll ever be able to get past that, but I am determined to no longer allow this phenomenon to hinder me in other more critical areas of my life. And if you related to this whole answer to this question, and if procrastination is something that you struggle with too, or if you've been struggling with this cycle or loop of constantly getting stuck, I encourage you to do a few things. Number one, name it, like put a name to whatever it is you're experiencing and figure out for yourself if it's really procrastination or if it's fear or if it's something else altogether. And then number two, I want you to make a commitment to no longer allowing whatever that is to rule your life. And you do that by making a decision, mapping out a plan to recognize when it shows up and immediately shift your habits and thinking so you don't get pulled into that cycle again and again. So for example, for me with this procrastination thing, that those two steps look like one, naming it, which I explained that I did, but it looks like taking immediate action. I know that, you know, because of getting in these like frustrating situations or, you know, feeling overwhelmed or whatever, I just kind of like stop doing whatever I'm doing. Um, and so for me, the um, the plan is like recognizing, hey, this is this is about to turn into a procrastination cycle. Get your stuff together. And then my immediate shift for my habits is to just take action. And I love brain dumping. That has been a strategy that I have used again and again to help me get all the things that I have in my head out on paper so that I can kind of see where I'm going and kind of make a roadmap for what I need to do. And then I take that brain dump and I schedule it on my calendar. Like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. Um, It's like invisible (laughs) to me. So using that strategy to help me kind of take action is very helpful. 
And then, um, you know, checking off my calendar or my list of to do's when the thing is done. And so that's just like a practical way for me to kind of move through those sticky areas and not allow myself to just stop doing whatever it is I'm doing. So, you know, I don't know, for example, if I'm needing to send a sequence of emails for my business, right? And I'm overwhelmed because I have to write 12 emails for this sequence. And, you know, I got to make sure that all of the triggers go off in my backend system. Sometimes, you know, that's very frustrating. Even with my background in digital marketing, it's still frustrating. Tech is not my favorite <laughs> um, sometimes. And so it, it just frustrates me. But in the past, right, I would just stop and like, okay, whatever, I won't send these 12 emails, I, whatever, I don't care. Um, but handling or tackling the procrastination thing would look like stopping, pausing, right, and th- making a list of all the things I need to do to get this task complete. So whether that's, you know, using templates to write out the emails, um, putting the date for when each email needs to send and the time, then going into my backend system and scheduling those emails, that kind of thing, just writing out a step-by-step kind of brain dump of what needs to happen so that I can take away that feeling of overwhelm. I can not procrastinate on actually completing the task or not do the task at all. And, um, It helps me kind of take immediate action and kind of move through the thing and I can see the big picture and having those smaller steps and smaller chunks really helps me cycle through or move through um, those procrastination moments. So for you, if this is something you struggle with, one, name it, right? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's um, a skill set thing. I don't know. Maybe it really is procrastination. And then two, think of how you can work through whatever that is. So map out a plan um, so that you can, when it shows up, take immediate action and immediately or immediately shift your habits and thinking so that you don't repeat that cycle. And so for me, again, immediate action is my strategy for conquering procrastination. All right, let's move on to the next question. So this one's fun and super timely, uh, very aligned to this time of year. And it and it is, what's your word of the year? Now, there is a big divide I've seen on the interwebs about having a word of the year. Like, do you do it? Do you not do it? If you do do it, is it one word? Is it multiple words or phrase, et cetera, et cetera? Um, but for personally, for me, I've been on this word of the year train since about 2019. And I personally think it's a great way to kind of have a North Star, so to speak, of how you intend to have your year play out. But this year, though, I have not one, but three words that I intend to help me guide my year. And those words are bold, believe and exploration. And they're all so different, but Uh, essentially I come up with the word every year. I don't come up with it on my own, but when I'm reflecting on the previous year, um, usually around like December-ish, last few weeks of December, I kind of just take some time to pause. For the past several years, I've been um, not doing any client work and just spending time with my family. My birthday is at the end of the year. Um, 
my daughter's birthdays at the end of the year. So it's just a lot of celebration and family time and things like that. And my birthday, I find, always prompts me to reflect. And I love that it's at the end of the year because what a better way to like kick off your new year, um, the actual new year, and then like your actual like next year around the sun. Um, But I usually just take some time to reflect during that time of the year. And like in my devotional and prayer time, I get these words. And so this year I got three of them. And, you know, I use the word of the year and this year I'm going to use the three words of the year to kind of guide my intentions and goal setting. Um, And I'm excited to see how they play out. And so speaking of intentions, the last question that I'll be um, answering today is what are your intentions for 2024? What do you want to bring into the new year? Now, I thought this was also a very aligned question and super on time for you know, where we are right now in 2024. And um, I shared in episode seven, a list of things that we should be leaving behind in 2023 and things we should be bringing into 2024 in lieu of those things. And so if you haven't already, give that episode a listen for kind of like a general overview of things I want to bring into the year. But as far as my intentions, This was really the first year that I've sat down and kind of written out intentions. I usually use the word of the year to kind of guide my goals for the year. Um, But I was scrolling TikTok and I saw someone post their 2024 intentions in these categories. It was like um, family, health, work, things like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great way to get really specific about writing out intentions for the year. And so I decided to try it out. Now, I already map out my goals in specific categories. And I believe I also talk about this in episode seven. Um, But I use a goal matrix and map out my goals into four categories, family, business, personal, um, and a couple. And so I really just do like a massive brain dump at the beginning of every year. And I decide like, okay, these are the, you know, I don't know, 50 to a hundred things I want to do. And then I take that and I kind of categorize them. So sometimes, uh, it's like travel with the kids or travel with my husband. And to me, that's just travel. Right. And so I kind of figure out where in those four categories I can put those brain dump items and then those become my goals for the year. Um, It's not usually all the things on the brain dump. I'm able to condense some of those things and make them fit into one or two of the um, bigger categories. And so since I already do that for my goals, I thought like, you know, this would be a really cool way to like set intentions for the year. And specifically for the intention setting categories I chose five um, mind body soul finances and business and in the mind category I have intentions to protect my mental health um, I've told you that that's something that I've struggled with for years and this year I want to be really intentional about just protecting my self-peace um, protecting my mental self-care. And so on that intentions list for that category, I have things like no social media before 10 a.m. I found that waking up and immediately scrolling social media is just like a terrible way to start my day. Uh, Comparison syndrome sets in. 
Um, I'm feeling like, you know, man, I should really be doing this in my business or this in my life. Um, and I'm not doing it. So then I go down this whole like spiral and it's just really unhealthy. Um, and so I'm committed to like not waking up and immediately scrolling. And then I have things like read at least one book a quarter. Now I'm an avid reader, so I'm going to read way more than that, but I didn't want to like overwhelm myself with like five books a quarter or whatever, (laughs) or like eight books a month. Um, you know, give my star small. And I always encourage you all to like set small goals so that, you know, they're more attainable. Um, and then I have, um, when I traveled this year to truly experience a local culture and that whole like exploration word is kind of like the guide for this, um, specifically that experiencing the local culture when I travel, um, part of the intentions in the mind category. So just opening my mind up to, you know, explore and be open to new things. So, um, I thought that was really exciting to, to get those out. And then in the soul category, I have things like pray before starting each day and read the entire Bible. So this year I bought a book called The Bible in 52 Weeks, and I'm just committed to reading it cover to cover. Um, And those words, bold and believe, are kind of guiding the intentions in this category. Um, It helps me to, it will help me to like show up more boldly in my faith, but also just show up more boldly in my day to day and in who I am as a woman and in my purpose Um, And then kind of like believe, you know, the believe in my faith and believe um, the things that I'm reading about, about God and my faith and things like that. So those two words are the kind of guiding intentions for the soul category. And in the body category, I have things like strength train at least three days a week, which I do more than that. But again, want to have attainable goals here so that if I miss a day, I don't have to beat myself up or go into this whole like procrastination cycle. Um, I also have things like, uh, or an intention to continuing to practice intermittent fasting. That's really been working for me for the past like four months, I think. And I want to continue to do that. And so I feel like in the body category, those intentions are guided by all three of the words, right? Like show up boldly for myself, um, believe, have the belief in myself that I can actually, you know, attain my health and fitness and wellness goals. And then um, expiration. So intermittent fasting is a new thing for me. Um, I, I did say I have been doing it for a few months, but essentially in the grand scheme of like life <laughs> and my fitness and wellness journey, it's a very new thing to me. So just kind of exploring what that feels like, and then also exploring new workouts in the realm of strength training and how my body is relating to them. So, um, so setting these categorized intentions and using my words of the year felt like really good and very attainable. And, um, I ended with this question though, because it's tied to this week's done on Sunday action, which is to start thinking about what it is that you truly want to bring into this new year how do you want to show up? What intentions do you have? And if you need a little bit more guidance with this, I want you to first go back and listen to episode seven. And then I want you to download the reflection prompts and the goal matrix that I just um, shared about in the show notes. And of course, feel free to send me a message on Instagram if you want to chat through this a bit more. And um, that's it for now. I cannot wait to chat with y'all next week. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Done on Sunday. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, leave a rating. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss out on any episodes. If you'd like to be a guest or have any topic ideas, check out the link in the show notes and let us know. While you're there, don't forget to grab any resources mentioned during the show. And lastly, be sure to connect on socials at Done on Sunday. Can't wait to chat with you next week.